1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RV32 Preseason Team Preview Series. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me at RandallRant on Twitter. This is the Houston Texans preview of the 2018 hashtag RV32 Team Preview Series, a special edition of Roto-Biz Radio. I'll be joined in just a few moments by John McLean of the Houston Chronicle. You can follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. But before we get started, I want to let you all know that as a listener of the podcast, you can save yourself thirty percent on a Rotoviz NFL Pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The subscription will give you access to all of the NFL content, tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than twenty proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Again, our guest today is John McLean of the Houston Chronicle. In this episode, he talks about what we can expect as an encore for second-year quarterback Deshaun Watson, why he is optimistic about Lamar Miller and the Texans running game despite being tethered to a revamped offensive line, and how the targets and receptions should be allocated among the Texans receivers and tight ends. After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to think about what John said, and we'll examine the Texans' 2018 projections using some of the Rotobiz apps. And now, let's bring on the guest. All right, it is an honor to have John McLean, who has covered the NFL for the Houston Chronicle for 40 years on the RV32 his Radio Team Preview Series. He's joined us here today to talk about the Houston Texans. Please follow him on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, thanks so much for a few minutes today. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. My pleasure. It's a great time of the year, training camp. Hope springs eternal for every
1: franchise, including the Browns. <laughs> That's very, very true. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, look, the Texans certainly have a lot of buzz this season, and it starts at the quarterback position with Deshaun Watson. He took the league by storm last year. He took over for Tom Savage in week one, and then he went on a tear for the next six games. I think he threw for just under 1,700 yards, had 21 total touchdowns, and even had 269 rushing yards before the season ended with the torn ACL. How is Watson doing so far, and what is the coaching staff expecting as an encore to that incredible but abbreviated 2017 rookie season?
3: Well, First of all, he rehabbed through the offseason. He's ready to go this season started tomorrow and they had to go to foxborough uh he would he would be starting and going the distance uh think about watson i think it would be unfair for people to expect him to pick up where he left off last season when he threw 19 touchdown passes most in history beat Kurt warner for the most in first seven games he uh, he had the even though he it was abbreviated he his average of 9.2 yards per attempt led the NFL, so he didn't dump the ball off like a lot of young quarterbacks do, and he likes to throw it down the field. His rating, I think, was uh, he hit triple digits. And the best thing that Watson did is uh, DeAndre Hopkins led the league with in touchdown receptions. He caught seven from Watson that averaged 18 yards, touchdown will fuller who had two stints where he was injured fuller caught 13 passes from watson seven were for touchdowns that averaged 28 yards so fuller who was drafted two years ago to be a legitimate deep threat has had problems holding the ball but he did not drop one ball that watson threw him so in the four games in which watson Hopkins and Fuller played the Texans averaged 40.5 points a game so I think that would be a little unrealistic but considering they averaged 34 points in his six starts 39 in his last five and I do not think it's unrealistic for Watson to have a shot at like 30 touchdown passes five or six rushing and I believe be a legitimate candidate to be an MVP, which would give Houston three in a row after uh, Jose Altuve and James Arden.
1: That's very true. It's a fun time in Houston right now, I bet. Absolutely, very true. Watson targets, you talked about them as receiving targets, certainly are strong as well. We all know DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in all of football, despite working with sort of inconsistent quarterback play over his wonderful five year career. That's a nice way to put it. (laughs)
3: Very nice way. Inconsistent quarterback play. That would be a compliment.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Third year wide receiver Will Fuller was outstanding last year with Watson. You talked about that. Could this be Hopkins and Fuller's best year? And what does the rest of the receiving core look like, wide receivers and tight ends? We're hearing a lot about Kiki Kuti also popping as well. So who do you think will emerge as that coveted third receiver in the big play offense?
3: I think if everybody stays healthy, it'll be really hard for Deandre Hopkins to surpass the numbers he had last season. He may reach triple digits. He would have, but he missed the last game uh, with a bone spur. First time he missed a game in five years. All the other receivers were injured fuller twice. Now, um, Fuller gives them a great deep threat from the outside who goes down the field, and draws safety over, and draws a lot of double coverage, which would open up the field for DeAndre Hopkins, who usually gets double covered. And one thing they've never had under Bill O'Brien's legitimate slot receiver, Bruce Ellington, they signed him off waivers, or they signed him when he was cut by San Francisco. He gave them some big plays, but then he got hurt. Been hurt every year in the league. Braxton Miller got hurt, so only one receiver are they able to count on stay stay injury proof, and that would be Hopkins, Ellington, and Kiki Q T, the rookie from Texas Tech, who really had a good off season program and has looked good the first week of training camp. They're inside receivers and uh Braxton Miller make or break for him because he played quarterback until his last year at Ohio State. They've given him extra time, but he he flashed a few plays last year but has no consistency whatsoever. So they're going to be quick inside. They'll be fast on uh, one outside spot, and then Hopkins loves to be acrobatic and make one-handed catches, and I think if all stay healthy, which they won't, That I could see Watson trying to spread the ball around.
1: Well, one of the key questions for the Texans this year surrounds the running game. They have Lamar Miller back, and promising second year running back Deontay Foreman does start training camp on the PUP list. At the end of last year, Miller was sort of underperforming, and Alfred Blue actually got the majority of touches towards the end of the season. Pro Football Focus ranked the Texans' offensive line dead last among all NFL teams last year with 253 pressures and 35 sacks allowed, which were both league highs. The only projected returning starter is center Nick Martin, who has experienced surgery on his ankles in two consecutive seasons. They did draft Martinez Rankin from Mississippi State in round three. Talk about the running back situation and the offensive line. Do you still think it's Lamar Miller's backfield? What are you hearing about Foreman and is Alfred Blue a legitimate threat at some point to take a significant amount of the handoffs?
3: The only reason Alfred Blue would be taking a significant amount is injuries. I'm surprised they re-signed Blue, who's been here for four years. I thought they would use a low draft choice on a change of pace back. They don't have a change of pace back. Tyler Irvin, three years ago, was drafted to be that player but he was not as a rookie and last year he blew out a patellar tendon and lamar miller is serviceable he had six touchdowns three rushing three catching and something to keep in mind about the texans running game and bill o'brien's mindset about running the ball a lot when watson was healthy they were third in the league averaged 138 yards game rushing Watson, not the fact that he ran a lot, but the threat of him running caused defenses to spread out the defense to keep him from getting outside. Therefore, they couldn't clog the middle. When he went down, Tom Savage, Tom runs like he's running in wet cement. <laughs> then all of a sudden, they came in, totally stuffed the run. And losing Deontay Foreman to a ruptured Achilles tendon hurt a lot. He'll start He started camp on PUP. They're not sure if he's going to be ready for the start of regular season. They think he is, but they don't know. And they're either going to have to find an undrafted running back who's a surprise, or they're going to have to find a running back somewhere else because they're running a lot. So last year when they were exposed without Watson – they got rid of everybody except Julian Davenport fourth round pick last year started two games at left tackle as a rookie and they like him a lot. They took a big chance on Chantrell Henderson of Buffalo started 25 games his first two years. won his last two has been suspended twice for marijuana mainly because he had Crohn's disease and had two operations Um and he did it for the pain and then there are two guards, Zach Fulton, Senio Calamete. Those They will have four new regular starters. I suspect if Watson is healthy, they'll run the ball well for the same reason they ran well last year, and people will go, man, that offensive line is really doing a good job, when the fact is Watson's covering up weaknesses. They could very well have uh, one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL again. And one thing I'm certain of in 2019 draft, when they have a one and two twos, one of those picks is going to be on offensive tackle.
1: You know, I'm interesting how the tight ends are going to play out then. You said they want to run the ball a lot, certainly. Are the tight ends going to be used pretty much as blockers, and then if they catch anything, it's a bonus? Or Ryan Griffin, Steven Anderson, or any of the two tight ends, Jordan Aikens or Jordan Thomas, Any any of those rookies possibly going to make a splash this year?
3: I don't know about a splash. As I mentioned earlier, Bill O'Brien's never had a really – Productive, consistent slot receiver like he had in Wes Welker. And Wes is on this staff trying to help them develop either Ellington or Kiki Kuti, the rookie. Now, when it comes to the tight ends, Ryan Griffin would be ideal, but he can't stay healthy. He's been healthy one time, caught 50 passes. If he could stay healthy an entire season at 6'6, 260, he can catch, he tries to block. Stephen Anderson is more of an H-back, fullback, and then two rookies, Jordan Akins. They drafted him way ahead of what everybody had projected because he's a 26-year-old former baseball player. But they coached him at the Senior Bowl, and like what they saw. And they believe he's 6'4", and he's 255, that he can catch and run, and he has the willingness to block. And as far as an on-line blocker, besides using an offensive lineman, which they had to do last year, Jordan Thomas, the 280-pound tight end, who was a six-round pick, he has the strength, he has the want to, to be a blocker. But even last year, in college, he was forced to play outside because of injuries. Can you imagine a 6'6", 280-pound wide receiver? So they would figure with four guys that one will emerge as a blocker, at least one will emerge as a good receiver. C.J. Fedor, starter, had to retire because of concussions, but he had been hurt so much, he wasn't productive, so it was time for them to move on. And they didn't have one tight end that filled the bill, so they had
1: to draft two. Let's turn our attention to the Texans' defense. When it's healthy, it's certainly one of the best in the league. You have Jadavian Clowney and Whitney Merciless, a great linebacking in core, and, of course, perennial all-pro J.J. Watt, who just declared that he is ready to play a full season after recovering from a broken leg. Just how good do you see this defense being, and are they ready to restore their reputation as one of the best in the NFL?
3: Two years ago when Romeo Cornell was a the coordinator, they finished first, even though they missed Watt for 13 games and when he had his second back operation of 2016 and then last year when you lose Watt and Whitney Merciless in the same game for the season that was a humongous blow to the defense they had one. Legitimate pass rusher is devion Clowney, and he played really well. Clowney's great against the run, and a real good pass rusher. But anybody can be neutralized if they don't have to worry about anybody else. So, the last four or five games, Clowney was neutralized as a pass rusher. They believe this if they've got Watt and they're they've got a really talented nose tackle named J- DJ Reader. If they have those two on the line, if they have Clowney and Merciless, at an outside linebacker, they believe nobody has better outside linebackers than they do. And then their inside linebackers, Benogra McKinney, former second-round pick who was rewarded with a new contract, and Zach Cunningham, last year's second round pick, who got better as the season went on, and is really good in coverage. And then another rookie last season, I drafted Dylan Cole. They love their three inside linebackers, so they believe health wise, if they stay in good health, nobody's got better linebackers than they do. And if Watt can stay healthy, the key is: is he going to be a twenty sack guy again at twenty nine? Is he going to be 15 or 10? I contend that if Watt just stays healthy, he'll be really good against the run, and he'll probably get double-digit sacks. But nobody has any idea if he can be the J.J. Watt who tied Lawrence Taylor with three NFL Defensive Player of the Year awards.
1: You know, if you have Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt healthy, you certainly have a foundation for a strong defense. Uh John, we really appreciate a few moments here. One more question, and then we'll get you out of here. The Texans had three years in a row from 2014 to 2016 where they went 9-7. and seven, They did make the playoffs twice. And, of course, last year with the injuries that ravaged the team, they dropped to 4-12. and 12. What do you foresee this year for the Houston Texans? Are they going to get back to the playoffs and, and possibly go even further?
3: They had 20 players on injured reserve, including 13 starters. Jacksonville lost one player. If the Jaguars had lost 20 players and 13 starters – would they have been in their position? Of course they wouldn't have. Injuries play such a big role, but assume they're about equal. I, from what I saw with Deshaun Watson last year, and I believe they will be capable, capable of beating anybody anytime anywhere. Their secondary is improved. The front seven should be really good. The running game is suspect. The offensive line is suspect. But if they can keep Watson upright, they're capable of beating anybody. So I'm going to say they'll contend for the AFC South. There's a really good chance they'll return, if not for the division title, as a wild card.
1: Well, John, we can't thank you enough for a few moments. Folks, that's John McClain, one of the legendary NFL reporters in the country. He's been covering the Houston Texans and the, and everything in Houston sports for the Houston Chronicle for over 40 years. Please follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, thank you so much for a few moments and best of luck on the season.
3: My pleasure. Thank you very much for having
1: me. That was John McLean of the Houston Chronicle. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. When we return, we'll take a few minutes to consider what he said. As you know, the NFL season is quickly approaching. Get ready for it with a subscription to a Rotoviz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. The discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. And best of all, it helps support the pod. Again, be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotobiz.com forward slash podcast.
4: Hey sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
1: That was John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. John is one of the best in the business, has been covering Houston sports, particularly the Texans, for over 40 years. He gave us some great information across the board, as you would expect, and started with Deshaun Watson. He sees no reason why Watson can't build off what he did last year, even if there's some slight regression to the incredible efficiency he showed in that six-plus game sample size. He gave us some great stat nuggets as well. 19 touchdown passes for Watson, which is the most in NFL history in the first seven games, more than Kurt Warner had. His 9.2 yards per attempt led the NFL, even though it was an abbreviated season. He didn't dump the ball off like rookie quarterbacks, which was a great point. All these rookie quarterbacks that you see, and this year you're going to see several, they will usually be schemed to have safe passes, and they will prefer to take those short passes as coaching staff are fearful of turnovers and want to limit that. That did not happen with Watson. He likes to throw it down the field. And as I mentioned, what he loves to do as well is run. He had 269 rushing yards last year, which ranked 10th among quarterbacks, despite only playing in those seven games. He threw for just under 17. 100 passing yards and had the 19 passing touchdowns. He had eight interceptions as well, but certainly a rookie quarterback is going to make those mistakes. So John talked about Watson. He says he feels he could be potentially an MVP candidate, and he threw in, which I did not realize, but is certainly correct, that that would be the third consecutive MVP from the city of Houston, Jose Altuve in baseball, James Harden with the Rockets in basketball, and then potentially Deshaun Watson. So they're really high on Deshaun Watson. They love what they saw. They don't see this being a sophomore slump for him. And while John expects the efficiency, of course, to take a step back as anyone anyone would, he thinks that there's no reason why Watson can't continue to perform at the high level that he flashed last year in that abbreviated season. Next thing we talked about was the rushing game, and this is certainly a major focus for fantasy football players. Lamar Miller is a very polarizing running back. He may be the most polarizing running back that you're going to see this year in, in the 2018 fantasy season. John characterized Miller as serviceable, and really the entire fantasy community, no one is a huge Lamar Miller fan. You don't see truthers for Lamar Miller at this point. They've seen him, they saw him in Miami, they've seen him in Houston, and they feel that he really hasn't performed to the level that they expect. The issue with Miller is he doesn't have these wow performances, these massive games. He really is just very consistent and produces across the board. And at the end of the season, when you get especially in your PPR leagues, he always finds his way to end up being in the mix. In 2016, he played in 14 games. He averaged 13.8 fantasy PPR points per game. That was number 17 among all running backs. Again, not great, just not terrible. Last year, he averaged 12.1 fantasy points per game in 16 games. That finishes the PPR 18. Again, he's always in the mix. It's just he doesn't really give you that 150-yard rushing or that three-touchdown game. It's just very rare, if ever, that that happens for Lamar Miller. And of course, last year, it seemed like they wanted Deontay Foreman as a rookie to take that job over. He had that big game against the Cardinals at home where he had 80 total yards and two touchdowns. And on that second touchdown, goes into the end zone and tears his Achilles. So you start the season with Lamar Miller. He really underperforms, doesn't do great things. Deontay Foreman comes in, then he tears his Achilles. They go back to Lamar Miller. Again, he's good, not great. And Alfred Blue ends up getting most of the carries in the last few games. Those last three weeks of the season, Miller only had 33 total yards against Jacksonville, 65 total yards against Pittsburgh, and 37 total yards against Indianapolis with no touchdowns. On the flip side, Alfred Blue had 55 total yards against Jacksonville, 108 total yards against Pittsburgh, and 75 total yards and a touchdown against the Colts in Week 17. But as John told us, he didn't really even understand why Alfred Blue was re-signed. He feels that he's really not that competition for Lamar Miller. At any point, unless somebody gets hurt. Deontay Foreman is on the PUP list right now. There's rumblings that he may be back for week one, but if he's not back, it's going to be the Lamar Miller show, whether fantasy gamers like it or not. What John did talk about, which I thought was very interesting, is he doesn't really anticipate, even with all the changes in the offensive line for Houston... They brought some new players in. They drafted an offensive tackle in round three, Martinez Rankin of Mississippi State. So they made some changes on that offensive line, only have one player from last year's starting line returning, and that's center Nick Martin, who's had surgeries on his ankles in two consecutive seasons. But what he did talk about was that whether the line is better or not, he feels the running game is going to improve simply because of the presence of Deshaun Watson. Just the threat of Deshaun Watson running, and they may not want to run him, of course, because of the injury last year as much, but just having him in there opens running lanes. So he feels that the Texans' offensive line could be the same, maybe slightly better than last year, but it will seem like the line is a lot better because of Watson's presence. And if you use the His Game Splits app, you can see Lamar Miller's splits when Deshaun Watson played and when he did not last year. He played in seven games, Miller did with Deshaun Watson, including that first one where Watson came in the game after Savage was ineffective at quarterback – and then nine games without Watson. In the seven games that he played with Watson, he averaged 14.9 PPR fantasy points per game. Without Deshaun Watson, 9.9. So that's roughly five points more by playing with Watson. He had more receiving targets. He also had almost double the amount of receiving yards, 27.7 receiving yards with Watson, only 14.8 without him. He got four more rushing attempts, which speaks to what John talked about with those rushing lanes being open. He had four touchdowns with Watson in those seven games, only two in the nine games without him. And he had 60.9 rushing yards with Deshaun Watson and only 51.3 without him. So basically when Watson's there, Miller was better. And not only was he better, he was more than serviceable. He averaged 14.9 PPR fantasy points per game with Watson at quarterback. If you projected that, that would be 238 fantasy PPR points for the season, which would have put him as the overall RB8. So with Deshaun Watson in his quarterback, Lamar Miller was performing as an absolute RB1. And right now in PPR formats, Lamar Miller is going as the RB25. So this is a player who has outperformed his current ADP each of the last two years, despite inconsistent quarterback play. And he was on pace in the seven games with the quarterback who's going to be starting this year to be an RB1. So Lamar Miller, whether he does it in a glamorous way or is somebody who has a lot of that pizzazz that you you want when you select a running back, you know what? He's very consistent. And there is upside there if you believe that Deshaun Watson is going to play the entire season. And finally, I'm going to project the 2018 Texans receivers and tight ends, and I'm going to go to the fantasy football draft prep section on rotaviz.com, and I'm going to use the 2018 projection machine there. It's a great draft prep tool where you can actually go through and project what you see as the rushing percentage for each of the running backs, quarterbacks, what's the target share going to be for the wide receivers. You can look at the past few years and then make your best guesses, and it plugs in the stats for you brilliantly here. Great app here on roto to use. And I'm going to give DeAndre Hopkins 91 receptions on 157 targets. I think the targets are going to be there. He had 174 targets in 2017, but as John said With the other receivers developing and all the weapons there with Watson, he thinks he's going to spread it around a little bit more. But he's going to have 91 receptions, which is close to what he had last year, which was 96. I'm going to again give him over 1,300 yards, 1,308. He had 13 receiving touchdowns last year. I will give him 11 and keep him at that 14.4 yards per reception. I have Will Fuller as sort of a feast or famine guy. You never know what the injuries, of course, and, and John even mentioned he doesn't expect all of them to stay healthy for all 16 games, but I give him 48 receptions for 864 yards, but of course, he'll have the high 17.9 yards per reception is my estimate, and I will give him five touchdowns. And then the wide receiver three, whoever that may be, could be uh, Ellington, it could be Kiki Kuti, who's really popping in training camp. I see that being a big weapon for Watson. I expect that position to stay healthy. And I think that wide receiver three spot there with that slot receiver, which is something I think he can really utilize, especially with the tight ends probably not contributing as much as most teams. I have 104 targets going to that wide receiver three slot person, 61 receptions there, 842 yards, so a little bit less than Fuller and seven touchdowns. I think that that is a valuable spot. I expect Kuti to be good. I expect Ellington to play a part as well. Braxton Miller, they said, because he was a quarterback in college, they're being very patient with him, but this may be his last roundup as well down in Houston. And the tight ends, I just see Ryan Griffin, Steven Anderson. I don't see the, them contributing as much. I have three total touchdowns and about 40 receptions between both of them. So if Watson's going to be there, he's going to have a big season 30 touchdowns I'll put him at, which is what John had mentioned. He'll have some high interceptions, maybe 14, 15 interceptions, but he'll certainly rush as well. I expect him to get over that 4,000-yard mark passing, have some quality rushing yards, and really support these wide receivers. Hopkins, Fuller, who will be your feast or famine guy, and that slot receiver who will be very, very consistent, split between Kuti and Ellington. That's going to do it for the Texans episode of the 2018 Hashtag RV32 Rotoviz Radio Team Preview Series. Again, our guest today was John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. Make sure to stay tuned over the next month as we go around the NFL and preview each and every NFL team and certainly follow the pod on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the twenty eighteen Rotoviz Radio Team Preview Series. Our assistant executive producer is Colin Kelly, and our executive producer is Matthew Freeman. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a thirty percent discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, Rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
0: Of a good deal, sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine, polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
4: The Starlight Lounge
0: presents an evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, the moon. Yeah.